This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. New content will be available every week throughout 2016. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11. Reading from verse 24. Hebrews 11:24. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. And by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. From our earliest days, whenever we began to speak, even in the most childlike way, we soon discovered the power of two little words, yes and no. And as we began to grow and mature, we also discovered that these two little words, yes and no, were actually molding and shaping our very lives. They influenced our attitudes, our behavior, our decisions, our actions, our choices. In fact, to say yes or to say no largely determines how we live our lives in this world. The influence that it will give to our lives. Just two, two simple words, yes and no. Now, all of us know that saying yes and no is not always a simple matter. Uh, sometimes it, the stakes are very, very high in what we're saying yes to and what we're saying no to. There are times when it involves anguish of heart, wringing of hands, beating of breast, Whenever we have to go and pray and seek the Lord and ascertain His will, discover our options, what they would be, and then count the cost, and then actually make a choice and a decision that could radically change the rest of our lives. Moses, here in Hebrews 11, had arrived at a crossroads in his life. And having long consideration and prayer and thought, he had to come to a decision. And it was a yes or no decision. And he made a clear-cut choice. And it was a big no. A big no to some things. Now, saying no is not always the easiest or the obvious thing for us to do. And Moses' refusal, his no, was neither easy or obvious. It wasn't easy in the sense that in the natural, Egypt had much to offer Moses. Consider his position. He was brought up in the household of Pharaoh, called the daughter of, sorry, called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He was brought up with tremendous wealth. He had affluence, and he had influence, and he had power, and he had prestige. He dressed in the finest of clothes. 
He drove a royal chariot, which in those days was the supercar, the Ferrari of its day. He was absolutely loaded. Uh, no doubt the part of the palace he lived in was the last word. And he was going to make a decision and a choice to say no to all of that. Fame and fortune were his. At 40 years old, he had it all. All the things that man craves, Moses had all of it and more. So it wasn't easy. It's not always easy to say no to some things. Neither was it obvious. I mean, after all, was it not God who put him in this position in the first place? That moment when his parents floated him down the Nile in that little wicker basket, was it not God who organized and arranged that at that moment the Pharaoh's daughter would be bathing and see this little baby that should have been killed by the midwives and she fell in love with him and she drew him out of the water and that's what his name means. She gave him his name, Moses, because he was drawn out of the water. And from a little baby he grew up in Pharaoh's household. That's all he ever knew until he was 40 years old. That was his whole life until that point. And could he not have said, but God, you put me here. You gave me this position of influence and power. You put me in this position to help my people, my beleaguered people. Is it not the same that God did with Joseph? where God put Joseph in the position where he could help his people. And here's Moses, and, and he, he could have thought all of those things, and he could have made a choice differently than what he did because of that. He could have rationalized the whole thing. He could have said, you know, because God put me here to be at Pharaoh's side, then I would have much more influence for my people. And anyway, if I say nothing and just stay at Pharaoh's side, eventually he's going to die. And when he dies, maybe I'll get the throne. And then what better way to deliver my people if I was the king? And so he could have rationalized all those things, but he came to the point where he had to make a choice. Sooner or later, it had to be a choice. A choice between God's people or Pharaoh's people. A choice between Pharaoh's palace or the promised land. A choice between the world's way or God's way. A choice between taking a stand or compromising. Somebody said that great doors swing on small hinges. And he was going to have to make a choice, either yes or no. Two little big words that was going to change his life and the life of his people forever. Sometimes we forget how much importance or the consequences of the choices that we make by simply deciding yes or no. Sometimes God asks us for a refusal 
that's neither easy nor obvious. It may concern a career, a relationship, a commercial proposition. It may involve position and status or promotion or a person. But sometimes you have to say no for God in order to say yes to God. I'll say that again. Sometimes you have to say no for God in order to say yes to God. And this was the position Moses was in. He's going to have to say no for God in order to say yes to God. In other words, there are some things that you may have to refuse for God's sake in order to say yes to the things that God really has for you. And it can come right down to a simple choice, yes or no. Lots of people get it the other way around, don't they? They say yes to the wrong things and no to the right things. If only Demas had said yes to the will of God and no to the pull of the world, that would have been a different story. He might have become a great evangelist. Maybe he would have had another epistle here. Maybe Paul would have been writing to Pastor Demas. Might have been another pastoral epistle. But none of that happened because he made the wrong choice. He said yes to the wrong thing and he said no to the right thing. Samson, <laughs> who played and toyed with God's anointing and God's call in his life, and he forever kept saying no to the right thing and yes to the wrong thing. And how differently his life would have turned out if he had made the right choice, if he had said the right yes and the right no, but he didn't. And so maybe today in our lives, maybe God will challenge us, if not today, but perhaps in the future, he will challenge us to say either yes or no. And the rest of our lives will depend upon it. Like Moses, we may come to a crossroads. We have to make a decision. And sometimes you're going to have to say no for God in order to say yes to God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Look at Moses' choice. This is what Moses was saying yes to God for after he had said no for God. Say that again. This is what Moses was saying yes to God for after he had said no for God. Affliction with the people of God rather than enjoying the pleasures of sin for a season. The reproach of Christ rather than the treasures of Egypt. Afflictions and reproaches rather than pleasures and treasures. The choice had to be made. It wasn't easy, it wasn't obvious, but he had to make that choice. Listen, church, if our pleasures and treasures are only found in Egypt, in the world, they won't last very long. 
They'll be transient. They'll pass away. They will not satisfy. God's pleasures and God's treasures will last. In fact, they will outlast time and all the way into eternity. Psalm 16 11, in your presence there is fullness of joy and at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Think about it. What God has planned for us, time cannot fulfill it. It will take eternity to fulfill it. That's an amazing thing. That God is not just planning for us in time while we're here. He's planning for us in eternity. For all of eternity. So what bright future have we got to look forward to? When this life will never fulfill all of God's plans for us, it's going to take all of eternity to do that. Pleasures forevermore. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The richness of God. Ephesians 1 and 7, the riches of His grace. Ephesians 2 and 7, the exceeding riches of His grace. Ephesians 3 and 8, as if Paul cannot think of enough things to say, he says then, the unsearchable riches of Christ. He's running out of adjectives. And then Ephesians 1 18, the riches of His glory. Ephesians 2, 4, but God who is rich in mercy. <laughs> Jesus says in Matthew 6, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. There's no greater choice or decision that we could ever make than to be a follower of Jesus Christ. That was the greatest choice you made. And in making that choice, you had to say no to something for God's sake. And you had to say yes to God. And so we said no to this world. We had enough of it. We said no to it. And we said yes to God. And that's what repentance is really, isn't it? It's saying no. It's turning away from. And it's turning on to. And thank God we did that. And so Moses had a choice. He made a refusal. He said no. And then he said yes. What was his motive? In verse 26 it says, Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. What reward? Afflictions? Persecutions? The wrath of the king, the burdens and the pressures of leadership. Where he's going to have, to have a congregation of two or three million people who were groaners and gripers. How would you like that for a congregation? Huh? Not only suffering afflictions 
with the people of God, but suffering afflictions by the people of God. Oh, that's a, that's a heavy big beast out there, isn't it? <laughs> that must be the big tarmac machine. It's bad enough suffering with the people of God, but when you suffer by the people of God, it's a lot worse, isn't it? So what was his reward? The afflictions, the reproaches, the troubles, the pressures? No, no, no. That went with the job. That went with the territory, but that wasn't his reward. That was not what he was looking forward to. Now, he was motivated by obedience to God, to pleasing God, to honoring God. That was his motivation. That's what drove him. He wanted to please God. He wanted to honor God. He wanted to obey his Lord. And that's what should motivate each of us. In all of our choices and decisions, our yeses and our noes, it should be to honor God, to please God, to be obedient to him and his word. And if we do that, even though there may be consequences and there may be afflictions come, there may be problems ensue, but that's not a reward. There's a bigger reward awaits us. First Samuel 2.30 said, Those who honor me, them will I honor. Sometimes it takes a while before you see that honor and receive that honor. But if you honor God, there's nothing sure God will find a way to honor you. And it can come in the most unexpected ways from the most unexpected people. Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and among his own household. But there's honor out there for us who are true to Christ and are followers of Jesus. In John 12, 26, Jesus said, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there also my servant shall be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. <laughs> there is honor that's coming your way if you're a follower of Jesus. Simply because you put your faith and your trust in the Lord simply because at some time in your past you said no for God in order to say yes to God. And you turned your back on that and you turned towards him. And because you did that, God says, I will honor you. I will find a way to give you honor for that choice and decision. And he does it. Thank God he does it. What was the reward? The reward was Christ. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Isn't that a, a strange way of putting that right there, talking about Moses in the Old Testament, that he was esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. Why does it say that? Because, you see, Moses looked ahead. Moses saw into the future, and he saw the Messiah coming. He saw the Christ of God coming. And by faith, 
he headed towards that. By faith, he reached out towards that. That was his reward. That was his reward. Abraham, too, looked ahead to see Christ coming. Jesus, remember, said that in John 8, 56, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. And so remember these old patriarchs of old. By faith they looked forward to the Christ that would come, to the Messiah that would come. And Moses was no different. That was his reward. That was why he did this. That was why he is prepared to leave everything that man craves and desires behind him because there was a greater reward ahead of him. It took a while for that to happen. But on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17, <laughs> there he appeared with Moses and Elijah speaking to Jesus about his decease. All the treasures, all the riches, all the power, all the influence, all the prestige of Egypt paled into insignificance for that one moment on the Mount of Transfiguration. It took a long, long time in coming, but right there, Moses would not have swapped that moment for the whole world. It meant everything to him. That's what he had said yes to. That was his reward. Yes, he led the children of Israel to Canaan, but he didn't get in himself. But here's a greater reward where he was talking to the Christ of God, to the Messiah, to the one who esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than all the treasure in Egypt. Don't you think this morning that in spite of all that we may have to go through, in spite of all the afflictions and troubles and difficulties and pressures of life, sometimes simply by being a believer in Christ, it may cost us something. In fact, in the future, you can be sure it will cost us more than it's costing right now, as many around the world are finding out, given their lives. But don't you think that one moment whenever we see him face to face, when we see the Christ of God, when we look into his eyes, when we see the nail prints in his hands, at that moment, everything we've ever gone through will be as nothing just for one glimpse. Just the old hymn says, just one glimpse of him in glory will the toils of life repay. Amen. Glory to God. Remember that old hymn? When we all get to heaven, glory to God. What a moment that's going to be. Amen. And so we have much to look forward to. Amen. So let's not look back and think, well, if we gave that up or we put that aside or we did this or we did that. Listen, none of that will mean anything to what's ahead of us. <laughs> Paul says, everything he had, everything he did, everything he was, I count it all as nothing, as refuge, that I may win Christ <laughs> and be found in him. That was the only thing that really mattered. 
And so his refusal, his choice, his motive, it was all by faith. Verse 27, by faith he endured as seeing him who is invisible. You know, we look back. We, we, we've got an advantage in this sense that we can look back. We've got the Bible. We've got the story. It's written down for us. We can look back. We've never seen Christ in the flesh. We know that. But we can look back. We've got the evidence. We've got the proof. Moses didn't have any of that. He had nothing. Nothing. And he was stepping out of that position he was in into being eventually a fugitive and spending another 40 years in the backside of a desert. But he did it all by faith because he saw the Christ in the future. And eventually he came back and he became the great deliverer, didn't he? And the great lawgiver and all of those things that God made him to be. And like Paul, he looked not at the things which are seen, but the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. And that's what he looked. He looked to the eternal things, the unseen things, to him who is invisible. And that's what faith is, isn't it? Old Vance Havner said, Moses chose the imperishable, he saw the invisible, and he did the impossible. <laughs> and so by faith, we've got to say no for God so that by faith we can say yes to God. I wonder, is there something that we've got to say no to in order for a bigger yes to happen? I wonder, is there something in our lives and God may challenge us? We may have to lay it down. We may have to say no to that in order to say yes to the will of God. But if we say yes to the will of God, we cannot lose. Sure we can't. You can never lose by saying yes to God. It's guaranteed you're going to win. Okay, you may have difficult times. You may have stuff to go through. But at the end of it, we've read the end of the book, we win the battle and the war. And Christ has already won. And in Christ, we will win. So we're going to pursue the will of God. And we're going to do the will of God. We're going to walk in the will of God. We're going to live in the will of God. And we're going to look ahead as seeing him who is invisible. And one day, each and every one of us will have a reward. The reward of faith. <laughs> Glory to God. We're all walking by faith, aren't we? None of us have seen Christ. At least I don't think so. So we're walking by faith. We're believing his word. That's all we've got to go by. Do you know that pleases the very heart of God? The fact that you walk by faith. Blessed are those who have not seen me yet believed. <laughs> That's what Jesus said, wasn't it? You've seen me, you believe, fine. But what about the ones who hasn't seen me? And they will believe. That pleases the heart of God. And so we're all walking by faith, not by sight today. And God is going to reward us in his time and in his way, in this life 
and specially in the life to come for all eternity. What a hope. What a thing we've got to look forward to in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. I was lying in bed last night before I slept. I was just, I don't know why, but it was just in my mind I was looking back to that moment in that side room in that church down in Belfast and York Road. And the meeting had ended, the benediction was given, and I said to Sally, who was beside me, I said, I need to talk to somebody. And quick as a flash, she got the pastor. So she sat there. So he got around, got the pastor, and he took me into his side office. I didn't know that a few years later that side office would be my office. But I remember sitting there, and I bombarded that man with a thousand questions. He must have got exasperated, because in the end he stopped me. He says, David, we could sit here all night talking. Do you want to get saved now, tonight? <laughs> I said, yes. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> and I was going over lost my mind, and that night... I made a choice and a decision. Hallelujah. I said no to this world and I said yes to Christ. Amen. And that night, that decision changed my entire life forever. I walked out of that room a different man than I walked into it. I'd become a new creature in Christ. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and I have seen God's hand of blessing a thousand times and more. What a joy it is to know Christ and to serve him. Lord, we give you thanks for your great grace and so great salvation. Well, thank you, Lord, each of us is a testimony of your goodness and faithfulness. Lord, you saved us, washed us in your own blood, made us fit for your heaven, so we return thanks to you today. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We produce a variety of sermon videos and inspiring Christian content available for free on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Moira Pentecostal or visit our website for more information, www.mpc.org.uk.